And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome back, everybody. It is your Monday edition of the Athletic Hockey Show. It's Ian Mendes, Haley Salvian with you, as always, in the big chairs. But in an effort to kind of bridge the gap that we have with the Tuesday show, we want to let our listeners know it's a fake rivalry that we got going no, with not. Gentilly and no, Customs. No, it's not. It's not? No, it's, it's real? not. Oh, man. Okay, well, listen. But Craig Haley, then why Custance. are we having trouble? We got Gentilly with us. <laughs> hello, hello. Craig couldn't make it. He's, um... <laughs> plotting against you actually we we had it, it you guys came up again we just recorded the tuesday show and it's fine we talked about this at length we're recording the tuesday show on monday because there's only one game on monday night so who cares um but yeah you guys you guys came up again i think Why? he's I, um well as you know we're extremely lazy uh the last segment of our show is just reading comments left by other people and Salvian jumped in the section last week and started 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 stirring the pot. It made Craig mad. It's because that's the that's the one thing that's, I've said this about Craig. I've known Craig for almost fifteen years now. He's just he's a really he's quick to anger, right? Mm-hmm. He's a he's a hothead. He's got a terrible mm-hmm. temper. So he got pissed, and he and now he's and now he's plotting against you guys. So that's why that's why he couldn't make it. This doesn't bode well for my potential contract extension in the summer. <laughs> it might have come up. That's all. I'll say. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. Amazing. But listen, we this is going to be great to have you on here, Sean, because oh. because I think there's a great soap opera brewing in the desert that uh, I think we got to lead off this show with. And that game on Sunday night, I got to tell you. Was one of the most unbelievable ending. Like with two minutes or whatever it was, two and change that. I'm like, okay, Vegas is up two by two. I can't wait. It's going to be Vegas. It's going to be for all, like pretty much all the cards. And then here, like the Sharks scoring, Timo Meyer scoring with like 0.8 seconds left was unbelievable. Like I, I'm trying to figure out, gang, like what is going on in Vegas because this, this is the most compelling soap opera that we've seen in the NHL in a long time. You said that the soap opera is brewing, like it. It's there. It, it brewed. It's <laughs> yeah. it's there. We're pouring. We're pouring it it's into cups steeped. and drinking it right now. Yeah. <laughs> Vegas, and I feel like we've made like little jokes about, or you know, it'd be you know, last week we talked about in how you know either they're gonna miss the playoffs and it'll be kind of funny, or you get like a Vegas Edmonton first round that's also kind of funny. So it's a bit of a win win situation. Um, and I heard Sean talking about this on the Tuesday show last week because I subject myself to listening. That's dumb. <laughs> dumb. Don't do um, it. 
But it was like you were making a really good point. And, uh, and this is the thing about Vegas that really interests me is, you know, you were talking about how they just made these like they just had to keep upgrading on people. And to me, I see the Vegas Golden Knights as that old man who can't stop tinkering with his house. There's nothing wrong with his house. His house is fine. And he keeps fixing his house. And he's like bored and he keeps doing things. And now the house isn't very good anymore. It's like, yeah, you know, like- your, your bird feeder was really nice, but now you have a new one and none of the birds want to come anymore. <laughs> or your bookshelf is now ugly. Like, I don't know. Like, there's just thing <laughs> they can't stop. And it's unnecessary. Did you guys really need a koi pond? Like, why did why why, why did we build this in the backyard? Yeah, they're they're you gilding. Know, you they're only gilding have the lily. a certain budget, and you know the bird bath was fine. <laughs> you didn't need the koi pond, and now you can't afford your hydro bill. Like, I don't. <laughs> like that's how I see the Vegas Golden Knights. I love the koi pond analogy because koi ponds are essentially they're useless, right? Like they're mm-hmm. pointless. That is like, I don't know what to do with my money thing, you know? Like, let's just get these, like, huge fish that creep me out, you know? Yeah, yeah. they're showy and they're pointless. But here's my question. Is that part of the Vegas act? Like, it's almost like, like, are they playing into some sort of Vegas narrative of just constantly going big for that market? I think Bill Foley is. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's part of that's part of the process there, right? Is he just, I, and credit to him, like conceptually I'm there. Like I, I get, mm-hmm. I, I like the idea of having an owner who's just like, we're Here's in it to money. win it. This, this is it. Love like it. we're spending everything. Like go for it. We, we could, we could afford to have more of those guys who are just, who want it so badly that they'll make, that, that they'll make potentially disastrous decisions in the pursuit. <laughs> I think, and I think part of that's also, by the way, I, I need to say just in the interest of full disclosure, I went to sleep on Sunday night. I didn't see the end of that game. Oh, wow. I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't paying attention. So I had, so I had to, I had to catch up at the end of it, but oh my, oh my goodness. So one of our commenters had a great, had a great, kind of a great line was that this is the best way to kind of, um, introduce, it's been a slow process, but we've like kind of officially introduced Vegas fans to what it means to be a hockey fan, because you've had all these different levels of disappointment that they've had to, endure over the last over the last five years right or or whatever it is where they they lose in the conference final and then there's like just run down the list and now the next the next step like they have now they have reached their final form now where you have this big this they finally get jack eichel and it's like they're like this is it this is the big year and they have you know they're, they're kind of their biggest disappointment yet i don't know i the it's not it's funny to see their playoff chances and all that stuff at 10 11 it's wild I think for me with the Golden Knights, it's like, and you know, <laughs> whatever, the koi pond analogy, it's kind of funny because it's kind of true, but you think of like just, you know, the Jack Eichel trade is the most recent one. And when we're talking about the upgrades that they've been making, you know, Jack Eichel is a very good player. The goal that he scored at the Dome a cup, like last week or two weeks ago, not a lot of guys can shoot the puck like that. Like I get it. And I think most fans – want an owner who will spend the money, who will say, I don't care if you're $20 million over the cap, like you can spend however much you want. Like, here's my money, do what you want, win us a Stanley Cup. Like that is much better than not having anything at all. And you're, you know, trying just to get to the cap floor. But, you know, you give, this is a cap league. (laughs) We're in a cap, like a hard cap era. And you traded away the kind of players that teams need to be successful in this kind of space, right? Like Alex Tuck didn't make a whole lot of money and he's a good player. That's the kind of guy you want on your team to produce in your middle six and not cost a ton of the cap. But you know, now you have Jack Eichel, he makes $10 million and everyone else is feeling the squeeze. And now look at the guys in their bottom six. Like I couldn't name half of those players I don't know who they are and maybe that's me just being ignorant but it's like you're feeling the squeeze and they're getting like you can feel them getting more and more top heavy and that's Mm -hmm. great if those players work out the way you want them to um LTIR sure that's great but you gotta make the playoffs for that whole thing to work (laughs) you know what low low (laughs) key was my favorite part of Sunday's game I don't know if you if you saw this or heard about this 
So Vegas has this soul-crushing 5-4 shootout loss to San Jose. Uh-huh. And after the game, they had their season-ending awards on the ice to the year. Here's I saw our player that. of the Unreal. year. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> Are they too, did they do like shirt off their backs, like yeah, the full I, the full thing? Like that is that is brutal. Oh, brutal. Awful. Because that's it. That's it. Like, and I know we've had several instances of this over the last like couple weeks, where like, and this is probably why that why they're in the situation they're in now. We've had different backbreaking losses or different backbreaking blown points, like for them over the last couple weeks. Like it happened against the Canucks. It happened against the Devils. It happened again last night. But ultimately, and I know they got a you know, Tuesday big showdown. Blah blah blah. But if this doesn't work out, like if and, and if they end up missing out, which by which the math is deeply against them right now. Last night is going to be it. Like that's the pivot point for their season. When we look back on this and say, when was it done for real? It was, it was, it was Sunday night. Right. And they, and they had to sit out there on the ice and do the whole rigmarole, <laughs> like dog and pony show, which is just, Oh my God, that's, um, that's, that's unbelievable. I really regret. I really regret not paying attention to the last. To, to, I was like, Oh yeah, they're up. They're up too. whatever. They're the sharks. The sharks stink. They'll be fine. I'll go to what sleep. a mistake! What a mistake! And we didn't even talk about what's happening with Robin Leonard. Yeah, yeah, it's. But so, what? What is? What? What do you both of you think about this? Because if you go back a few days, both our own Jesse Granger and Emily Kaplan reported that Robin Leonard needed season-ending surgery. Next day, Pete DeBoer's like, "Wow, first time hearing of this," and we're like, "What? Like, what do you mean?" And then he's backing up on Sunday and. I don't know, but and, and Eichel's a great example, right? Anytime that there's a dispute between a player and a team over an injury, it's over. Like, there's bad, no coming bad, back. Bad. Eichel, nope. think of Lindros with Philly. Like, I like it, it's over. Like, I think that this relationship is fractured beyond repair. My question is, out of Kelly McCrimmon, Robin Leonard, and Pete DeBoer, <laughs> who doesn't come back next year? Because I don't think all three of them can. Probably at least two. Yeah. Don't you think? I think I think if they don't make the playoffs, look, they were second in the Pacific, I believe. Sec I don't remember exactly. I think they were second or third in the Pacific Division when Gerard Gallant got fired. Mm-hmm. If they miss the playoffs, Pete DeBoer's not coming back. No. How many more how many more bites at the apple with that goalie situation are you gonna give this guy? Like how how many times are you gonna are you gonna allow him to screw it up? Like he screwed it up with Flurry, he's in the process of screwing up with Leonard. Like what? Ha- what's happened over the last three days with them? It's it's very it's very clear. Like we like I we're not telling tales out of school here. Everybody There's a saw common that. denominator with the goalie issues uh-huh. in Vegas, and it's DeBoer. <laughs> so he so he starts Leonard, yanks him, quasi throws him under the bus after after the game, and then the day after, Jesse Kaplan are like, okay, uh, Robin Leonard's done. Actually, he's going to have surgery. He's been playing hurt. And then all, and then, and then he's, and then he's, then he's back in, back in the backup role the next day. Like, I don't think it's unreasonable to say that Robin Leonard saw what, like, experienced what he experienced in that game and was pissed. <laughs> he's like, he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm playing, I'm playing hurt. Like, what, what, and I, and I just got yanked and dumped on by my coach. Like, what am I doing here? Like, I'm out. Right. And then, you know, of course, it's a playoff race and there's still games to be won and they need, Robin Leonard, at least in some capacity. And then they can, you know, maybe some conversations were had. Maybe some people were convinced of certain things. And then he's, and then he's back, he's back in the backup chair that the, the next game. It's crazy. And like I said, I, I think DeBoer, you know, it's, just, he's, he's got, he's got to be gone. You hate, you hate to like, and I'm not saying whether he should or shouldn't be, but it's just, it's impossible. It's impossible to see him come back next year. Yeah, and again, it's not like I'm saying like this guy sucks, like he's gone. But look at how quick they were to get rid of Gerard mm-hmm. Blant. And look at how and quick they are to make. Look how quick they are to make changes with the organization in general. Like they move, mm-hmm. they move players out. Like we've read it and heard it before, where it's like if you don't have a no movement clause on that team, like you got to be ready because anything mm-hmm. could happen at any given time. Like that's just yeah. the vibe of that organization. That's the way it works, and it comes from Foley because Foley wants it worse than anybody, and he's willing to do whatever it takes. And if that means moving guys out and not telling them they're trying to pull some stuff with Dadnov or whatever, like like it's gonna people it's are gonna expendable. Happen. Weren't there people? I who was telling me this? Like I, somebody was. I think Jesse was. Man, I've, 
Man, I forget who was talking about it, but like apparently like players in that locker room used to make jokes about like, well, we're all expendable here. Like if we can't help them win, like we're toast. Like players are aware of that. Like what does that do for morale on imagine your locker being, room and the organization? Being, and this isn't like a recent pro. This isn't – it's been a – go back a couple years, but focus on this season specifically. It's been a season long problem for them. They haven't had it together at at any given point, and it and there's it's just been kind of a you know a cascading series of problems for them. And imagine if you're like imagine if you're Chandler Stevenson or Riley Smith or these guys who are always the fodder. They're always the guys who are you know the names that pop they up. Need when to, it's like, they need to shed five million dollars. Riley exactly, Smith, you're exactly done. when the when the <laughs> when the when the bill comes due, and we've been hearing it for years. It's like oh yeah, they're just going to move out Riley Smith. So what does that do and, if you're Riley Smith? Like, and like that's how- the look. And sorry, Sean, but like that's the thing. They didn't fix their cat problem here. <laughs> they, nope. <laughs> even Daryl Sutter, it's <laughs> like they're the Stanley Cup favorite because they have a hundred million dollar. That's such a payroll. Great, <laughs> that's such a great like passive and then aggressive he literally, dart from Daryl. And then he like kind of paused and like did the like Daryl shrug like those are those I guess. <laughs> End of press conference. Like, all right, thanks. <laughs> the only the only loss here is that we're probably not going to get Edmonton versus versus Vegas in the first round. Like, that's that's what we as you know we as a as a culture are losing out on because that'd have been great, but doesn't seem like it's going to happen. I feel like we're dumping on the Golden Knights. We're not. I, I am having an order who wants to win is waiting. We've been waiting for this for five years. They they yeah. coasted in. As an you know what? It team. was the social media for me. You know what? If they didn't what? piss me off in 2019, <laughs> I wouldn't be so freaking angry. That's the cycle of life for NHL teams. Yeah. It's like it's like once like the first the first sign that you have entered a different phase as an organization is when people start dumping on your Twitter account. Like that's like yeah. the war- that's like the warning yeah. flare. And when that happens, the Carolina them- Hurricanes aren't going to be cute and funny next year. Let me tell you, <laughs> their Twitter started getting annoying this year. And then if they like lose in the first round, it's done. <laughs> They're toast. Yeah, but but I think all of us as <laughs> hockey fans are we're ha- we're kind of happy to see Vegas going through this because it's like. They didn't go through any – their fan base doesn't know pain, okay? They don't know <laughs> adversity. So if well, they're going to get all of it at once, I kind of like it. Like, yeah. welcome to the NHL. Welcome. Talk to a Flyers fan. Talk to a Sabres fan, a Flames fan, a Senators fan. Like, pick any fan base that are hasn't won a cup about the in, Flames? in – Yeah. Flames fans are – they know the pain. No, nah, they're, they're definitely normal and react normally to everything for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I I will say this. I here's where I appreciate Vegas. So thank thank you Vegas. Is that they're giving us something to watch down the stretch here because mm-hmm. the playoff races are duds to ver- to varying degrees. Like we can only get so excited about you know <laughs> about about seeding you know seeding races. The wild for, card for, race for so in the long. Western Conference is incredible right now. Yeah, one that's point it. between Nashville and it. Dallas. Like and we're lucky, and we're lucky to have it. It's giving us something to track because God knows we're not getting any of that in the East. I am going. Oh, the East is wild. I'm going to go off track, Ian, because so I did the power rankings last week because Dom is gallivanting in California, and (laughs) I was like looking into the Dallas Stars a little bit more, and. I don't know why that team is so funny. They're really funny. They're really like funny. I looked and it's like they're second in the wild card race. And I think Saad had this tweet too. And he was like, you could tell me that they were going to w- be the number one seed in the wild card, the two seed <laughs> in the wild card or miss the playoffs entirely. And I could believe you in any three of the situations like this team. <laughs> and Dallas is interesting as a potential flames first round matchup. Cause it's like, you know, the Flames have matched up well against them in the regular season. You would think it's good, but they can also like randomly get really good and hot at the right time. And then you're screwed. Like they are so funny. Like they've lost like 31 games or something this season and they're like in the playoffs. And I don't know why that made me laugh. Are the stars good? I no. don't know. It doesn't, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They're, it's, it's, I've, and I've said this multiple times. I, I said this. On the Tuesday show, which recorded before the Monday show. 
They're just like some of their games are just 56 minutes of garbage. And then you get like four good shifts from Robertson, Hints, and Pavelski. And then they just white knuckle it and win in a shootout or whatever. And that's what is scary about them in the playoffs. Yep. And also Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan like come alive against the Flames in the playoffs apparently is a thing I've been told. Like Flames fans are afraid of Jamie Benn. (laughs) Like, no, 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 not the stars, not the stars. No, no, no. We're not doing that again. I don't know how afraid of 2022 Jamie Benn anybody needs to be. That's what they said in 2019-20. Yeah. I don't know if that's completely true. But anyways, Ian, you could take the reins back. I just thought that was kind of funny. The Dallas-Nashville wild card race is like the only thing I'm paying attention to right now. And it's like just kind of funny to watch. It's the only thing anybody needs to pay attention to. There's nothing else to pay There's attention to. There's nothing else to, to pay attention to. Juicy Saros is going to play 69 games this season, which is double the amount he started last year. Like Nashville should be like kind of scary in the first round if you're Calgary, but like and Flames fans, you know, they're very upset often about Jacob Markstrom's usage. It's like Markstrom is going to be the rested, you know, ready goaltender in that matchup. UC Saros has played a lot of hockey. You got to hook, hook, hook sweet little boy UC Saros up to an IV. He's so small. He's like, he's, he's, he's just five foot 11. He can't handle he's this. He's taller than you. He's like, he's like a modern, <laughs> Dar- modern day Darren <laughs> Pang, right? Like he just looks different. And all the other goals. <laughs> can you can you believe that still blows my mind? Like when I mean, and we watch it. I like Ian. You and I definitely did. Like we we watch short goalies, right? Like, yes. Like we're, we're we're. It is wild to me, and I and I said that about Saros, kind of tongue in cheek, because he's obviously this dude's almost six feet tall. Like he's not he's not some little. He's guy. listed as six feet tall. Right. I mean, fine. So am I. But no, you're not. <laughs> in shoes, you throw me in some Air Max 97s. <laughs> I, I could, I could be scraping six feet. But like they, we talk, we talk about UC Saros like he's like, Dar- like you said, Darren Pang. Like he's some five, some five five guy out there who's just you know among the redwoods. And he's not. He's taller than the average person. It's it's very it's very, it's very funny. <laughs> I wrote a story about Dustin Wolf um, at the beginning of the season, and he ended up he was backing up um, Dan Vladar the other night, and they gave Markstrom just like a full day off to sit in the press box. And I interviewed Jamie McLennan for the story, who is listed at like five eleven, just about how like size in terms of goaltenders has changed over the years. And yeah, like he was. A backup goalie. He had a long career, and like nobody called him short. And now it's just like, um, so what's the challenge for like a short guy, Dustin Wolf, who's six feet tall? Like technically, I don't know. <laughs> but also, exactly. there's no way that you know. I'm basically just calling like Jamie McLennan like short. But also, there's no way Dustin Wolf is taller than Jamie McLennan. I have seen them both in person. Oh my Someone's god! But guys, lying. They, everyone fakes. Every every <laughs> NHL player lies about their height. Like it's I can't wild. stress that enough. Like to a they're wild, adding to, to a wild a wild degree. Yeah. No, wait. I was at a I went out for a drink on the weekend and this bartender, she was really cool. I loved her. Um she told she made this joke to us. I don't remember how it came up. She was like, "No man is actually 5 foot 11." It's no. not it, no man exactly. is 5'11". Yes. Because if they're because if they are like if they're five ten or five eleven, they round up to say they're six foot. Yep. And if 100%. they say they're five ten, they're actually five foot nine. <laughs> it's like no man is five eleven. Oh, they're well, all lying to you. No, 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 no. I am, I am, I am actually five ten. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that bartender was great. I unhinged my spine when I got measured when I was like eighteen or nineteen. They're like, "You're five ten. I'm like, "All right, we're good." We're set here. I can claim it. So I'll be 510 until I die. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
All right, look, listen, as much as San Jose, I'll, I'll try to get this back on the rails for a second. Uh, as much as San Jose <laughs> Good luck. And, and Vegas was the game of Sunday night, I got to tell you, uh, Tampa, Florida is a close second for me because if these two, like, l- let me ask you this. Let's start with this question. If they end up meeting in the playoffs, who are you picking? Because I, I kind of feel like you got to go with Tampa, don't you, to win this a best of seven series? I'm not going to pick them to lose a series until they no. lose a series. I don't know yeah, about yeah. you guys. Nobody's done it since 2019. That game is okay. So, so they they stomped them, right? They beat. It was eight eight four. It was it was an ass kicking. The thing I, I guess is that Florida didn't have a ton to play for, but I don't know, man. The the Lightning are fully operational. I think they've won. Th- we were worried about them a few weeks ago. I'm not really sure why. <laughs> they've won three straight. Demolished the number one team in the conference. They're six three and one in their last ten. They're fine. The thing for me, like the Panthers are so fun to watch, and I, and I love that matchup. Like, I don't think it's possible for them to meet in the first round. Um, it's not. It's most likely that Tampa's going to play like Toronto, or Florida's mm-hmm. going to play against whoever the, ends up being the with the the second. No, the second wild card. Yeah, second second wild card. Yeah, yeah. It'll be Florida. I don't versus, even know who's Florida in that versus spot right now. Florida versus the Caps. Boston or something. Washington. Uh, it, it, Washington no it could be Pittsburgh. It could. Yeah. There's. There's a couple. It, of the East is. I have yeah. no. Like it's literally. Like I was looking. The Penguins could play like five different people at this. Mm-hmm. Five different teams at this point. Um. Yep. So it's kind of a bit of a mess there. So I have no clue. But the thing to me about like Tampa, Florida. I mean, those games are so much fun. Tampa is always going to have the ultimate trump card that is Andre Vasilevsky. He is so good, and he's proven that he can be that good in the playoffs. Can Florida say the same thing about their goaltending? No. And, you know, (laughs) you look at things like goals against, um, goals for per game. Tampa Bay allows fewer goals per game than Florida, not by, like, a huge margin. It's like, you know, Tampa scores three and a half goals per game, and they allow, like, 2.75 2.75 Florida scores four goals a game, but they allow, you know, a, almost around three. Um, so things like that, that, things like that matter in the playoffs. Like, you know, the Panthers have one of the best expected goal rates in the league, but that is mostly lifted up by their goals. Their expected goals for sure. Like their expected goals against rating is very middle of the pack. Like their expected goals against per 60 is two and a half. Um, you know, Tampa's rate is, you know, 2.3. So I don't know. I just think, I think the lightning are, have like a better defensive system. Like they're, they're, I don't know. They don't allow as much. They don't give up as much and they have a better goalie. Is that, how is that going to match up against like a high octane offensive group in Florida? I mean, we've seen it in the regular season. Um, but I don't know how that's going to work in the playoffs because, I don't know if you could call it – I hate the word heavy hockey. I, I think that's whatever, you know, whistles go away, the game gets tighter, offense kind of goes away. I mean, it didn't when they played in the first round. Some of those games were crazy. So I don't know. The The regular season is never really the best barometer of what's going to happen in the postseason, but I just think Tampa has things for me that make them harder to bet against, and that's their goaltending and – they don't allow as as much high danger offense against. They don't allow as many goals, et cetera. Also, Nick Paul five points in his last five games. <laughs> He's Brandon good, Hagel. man. Brandon, Between Brandon the legs, H- Brandon Hagel. Oh. Sh- I, th- those guys. They know what need- that team know. That front office knows what they're doing. Yep, and they had, and they needed some. Maybe they needed some adjustment time. Maybe they needed to get that forward that forward group figured out. Um, I think they may have, <laughs> and that would be bad news for mm-hmm. everybody else. And I yeah. mean, Florida made good moves at the deadline too. Like Claude Giroux is a point per game player almost in, in Florida right now. He's been playing well. I, you know, Kurz did a story on, you know, the, that weight of wearing the C has been lifted. Um, I can't imagine it's easy being a captain who, what, won one playoff round mm-hmm. in nine years in, in Philadelphia. It's not great. No. Um, so like Giroux's been good. Like the Panthers are a great team. I just. I just think it's so hard to bet against Tampa. I'm not, I'm not picking Bobrovsky over Vasilevsky ever. No, and that's it. Not, no, not, ever, Spen- not, not ever going to do it. No, or Spencer Knight. Okay, let me let me give you. You tell me if 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 this is a scary stat for you or not. 
So Florida, they lose on on Sunday. That busts a 14-game winning streak for the Panthers, okay? So I decided, and I'm like, I don't know why I got a bad, when they were, were winning so many games, I'm like, I got a bad feeling. I don't like when teams win too many, and, I, and that sounds stupid, but I'm like, I don't like it when teams get too hot. Sean, you would remember, the, 90, the 93 Penguins are the best example. Or, uh, <laughs> you know, they win 17 in a row. Ah, yes, it, the first the first hockey team I cried over. Thank yes, you for reminding exactly. me. Okay? I wasn't alive yet. Okay, yeah, cool. thanks for that. Good for you. Okay. So I looked it up. In, in the salary cap era, there have been 13 instant, like 12 previous instances where a team had a 12-game winning streak during a season. Zero Stanley Cups. No team <laughs> oh. in the cap era that has had a 12-game. And the best example to me, the only other team to have exactly a 14-game winning streak, the 2010 Washington Capitals who got halacked in round one. I, happens, I got a bad baby. feeling. I got a bad feeling here. Well, especially when, like, you know, the Flames were on a win streak. It wasn't by that much. But, like, you you can win while still playing like crap. <laughs> and huh? it just, like, you just feel fine. You don't tweak anything. It's like, well, we're winning. Uh, I don't know. I mean, that's a, I don't know. That's weird. It's weird. It's, it's, a, it's, uh, it's a strange stat. The, the, the Halak... I was just like staring off into the middle distance, like thinking about the Yaroslav Halak run in in, in twenty ten. <laughs> when was the That's... last time Bobrovsky like showed you that he could be a number one in the playoffs? That year Ever. in Columbus, when... <laughs> that was one. It was one time, and mm-hmm. it was and it was. And when what... was the last time Vasilevsky did it? Uh, six months ago, or whenever, <laughs> exactly. whenever the playoffs were nine months ago. <laughs> yeah. I know it's I anyway and and the other guy I want to talk about real quick about Tampa and he was in the news this week because he became the all time point leader for the franchise is Steven Stamkos mm. and in a weird way do both of you ever feel like we kind of shortchange Steven a little bit like well we're we're gonna look at his career at the end of this guy's career and he's closing in on five hundred goals like at the end of this guy's career he's gonna be a number one overall pick he's probably gonna have six hundred goals he's gonna have multiple Stanley Cups like he's gonna do everything that you would have thought he could do and more. And yet I somehow feel like his name isn't at the tip of your tongue when you talk about talk about the best players in the last 10 years. Or is that just me? I think you're right. And I think it's because when he was at his peak, right? When he was at his Look absolute. Who else, was. <laughs> mm-hmm. who else was? He he, Crosby, he pays the Vichkin. he pays the Crosby tax. He pays the Ovechkin tax. And also, not coincidentally, around that same time, it's when the injuries started cropping up, right? Where he's yeah. he had he had a couple years that were not lost, but close enough to it. Then he comes back, and he's in a little bit of a different phase of his career now. That team is fundamentally different now than it was seven years ago, let's say, because you have Nikita Kucherov and you have Braden Point. So he's just kind of – it was the timing for him to be talked about as like one of the, we'll say, three or five best players of his era. It was – it just didn't, it didn't work out. Right. But man, he's going to have, I mean, Ian, you said it when this is all said and done, when it's five years from now, or whenever we're putting the cap, the capstone on, on Sam Coase's career, it's going to be really, really impressive. His number, his numbers and his accomplishments are going to be staggering, honestly. And I think people are, are going to say like, Hey, wait a second. Did we, did we give this guy, did we give this guy his flowers during his, during his career appropriately? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So he, I just pulled it up, like Stamkos was drafted in 2008. So if you kind of pick like from 08, 09 to now, the top three scores in the NHL are Sidney Crosby with mm-hmm. 1,115 points in 893 games, which is wild. Uh, Patrick Kane, who has 1,107 points. Um, and Ovechkin with 1,100 points. And then you have Steven Stamkos with like 963. Like in 919 games, like this is a more than point per game player over the last, yeah, you know, decade. But look mm-hmm. at who the three players are above him. It's Crosby, it's Kane, it's Ovechkin. And he's sandwiched in between Malkin, mm-hmm. Backstrom, Kopitar, Claude Giroux. That to me is the <laughs> tier that he's on. Like, like, when, like when, this, yeah. when it's all said and done. Like you've he's got gonna, those three. Yep. Which are like the cream, cream of the crop, the thousand point guys in 900 games or whatever. And then you get like the Evgeny Malkin, Steven Stamkos, yeah. Backstrom. And those, guys, and, and those guys are the top of the second tier. 
And it's not yeah. e- like it's the second tier. It's like one B, one A, whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, one A, one B. You know, they're Hall of Famers. And but do you think yeah. part of it too for Stamkos is they won? Like they won that first Stanley Cup essentially without him. Like he had his mm-hmm. like kind of Kirk Gibson moment mm-hmm. where he showed up for the shift. He scores a goal against Dallas, but like that was it. Like mm-hmm. is that part of it too? That where people will Absolutely. look at him and like, ah, I yeah. don't, you know, how much did you and did he, you need him? And like also too, you know, he, I mean. Crosby won his cups. Like, you know, Kane won a couple cups. Like, Ovechkin won one. Like, you know, all three of those guys kind of, like, had their cake before Stamkos did. And then when the Lightning finally did, he wasn't really a part of it. Yeah, and that I, I, plays into whatever. it, right? So, like, so, like, so many things in my life, it always it comes back to Chris Letang. I feel like I end up talking about him just <laughs> constantly. But I think that's part of the reason that Letang, you know, isn't quite thought of in that top defense like he maybe people put him a step below Duncan Keith or Drew Doughty or whatever and I'm convinced that a big part of that is because of the cup that they won when he uh, that the Penguins won when he was hurt when they had Ron Hainsey as as a top pair defenseman and and when uh. when, Let- when Letang missed that time I think whether it's subconsciously or whatever I think we do kind of hold that hold those runs against against elite players when they're not around for him the other thing the other thing with Stamkos and I, I think you guys are much more equipped to answer this than I am how much do you think him missing out on the Olympics hurts the Olympics? him? Because because that is such a that's such a rep builder. Whether you're t- Ryan Getzlaff, great example, unbelievable international player. Maybe they don't that maybe they don't win they don't win those goals without him. Like really, one of the five best players on those teams, right? Phenomenal. That's a big part of the narrative with him now that he's done. And Sam Coe's through no fault of his own, never had those right. moments. Yeah, like he got left off in 2010 when he was left off. Remember, he was young. He's a 50-goal mm-hmm. scorer. 2014, <laughs> he, he breaks his leg. He was a lock for that team. And then 18 and 22, we don't even send NHLers over. So he it was never like he he wasn't he left like, off for Sweet King Chris Kunitz. No, 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 he broke his leg yeah. in 2014. Yeah. Remember? Right. He couldn't play. Right. I always get those mixed up. Yeah. 20, 2010 was him, you know, paying, Just being his, too young. paying his dues and being right. like, yeah, sorry, sorry, dude, you're 20. I think or, I mixed that up last time we did a show all together. Mm-hmm. Yes, you did. Yeah, it's That's okay. Yeah. Hey, I I, I want to ask uh, uh, both of you to the thirty two nominees for the Masterton Trophy uh, dropped on Monday, and uh, you know it's the award for our listeners who who aren't familiar with it. It is the award that is handed out for you know dedication and perseverance and sportsmanship in hockey. And as I looked at the thirty two, the list of thirty two, like the one that jumps out to me, like I like the guy that's going to get my vote is Carey Price because he. Obviously went through a difficult time this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't think he was going to come back. He did. This, is Kerry Price the automatic for the two of you as well? Or are there some other names in there that you might be like, ah, you know what? I I, I could have a conversation about this. Um, I think this year my vote is for Kevin Hayes. Huh. Um, and I think my vote would be for Kerry Price next year. Like I know he's come back. He played a couple games. He is being he's day to day right now. He's being evaluated. Yeah. Um, right now, I saw the Canadians voted on that or voted. Geez, announced that. Like I kind of see that. Like I know, you know, Oscar Lindblom won the Masterton the year after he like made his full comeback, and this is completely different. But like Carrie, like Carrie Price should win the Masterton. I guess I kind of lean on the side of him winning it next season. Um. Cause I think Kevin Hayes is also at the top of that list for me. Like what Kevin has gone through, like personal tragedy, personal injury, like, and you know, we still don't even have everything that happened with his brother and that's not our, you know, personal business to, to dig into. Like that is a personal family tragedy that he went through in the middle of the season at the beginning of the season gone through injury. He's come back. This has been a really horrible season. Like Kevin Hayes is at the, top of that list for me. But obviously what Carey Price has gone through is you never want to win the master 10 for like a horrible, tragic reason. Right. Like it was the same thing with Bobby Ryan when he won it. Yeah. Remember Ian? And he was like, this isn't really like, this isn't the trophy you grow up winning for the reasons that I've won it. Um, You know, and that's the one thing about the master 10 is when people kind of debate who should win, it's like, we're debating who's, Yeah, who had the worst thing? Who had the worst thing happen to them in in the last in the last couple of years? Yeah, 
but it's it's haze in in price for me. You know, honestly, not that I ignore the Masterton nominees when they when they come out because I don't. But sometimes, you know, we get conditioned to look at the nominees and you're like, okay, that guy blew out his knee last year. That guy broke that guy broke his leg. Like you kind of mm-hmm. go down the list and you're like, this is just uh, this is a, a list who of came back from the back. worst. Yeah, who came back from from injuries the best. And that is not the case this year. I think we have a really, a really good, interesting, kind of diverse um, group of of nominees. Like I don't now, I don't think Jake DeBrusque should win the Masterton, right? Like, that goes without saying. But I think the thought process that led to him getting the nomination from the Boston chapter in the first place is really interesting because it's like this guy has contract stuff that's going on. You know, he he's he's said that you know his career is at a crossroads and all this stuff. And through it all, through whatever, you know, the trade or the trade requests, all this, all that, all the drama that's happened surrounding Jake DeBrusque in Boston, you know, this past season, he's been great. He's having one of the best seasons of his career. And I think that mindset, you know, and again, Jake DeBrusque should not win this award. But I think when you look at the nominees and you see like the diverse kind of, you know, places that all these guys are coming from, like Kyle, Kyle Poso, I think people forget how ruined by concussions that guy was. Chris Tanev in Calgary, like nothing terrible has happened to Chris Tanev. He's just a dedicated dude who, you know, play, who plays his ass off every night. Right. So you have like different kind of categories of, of nominees here. And I think a lot of them are really, really interesting. So yeah. Um, I mean, you know, give it, give it to Hayes, give it to price. I'm not, I don't have, I got, I got no problem with, with, with any of these guys winning it, honestly, because it, it is, it's such a unique, such a unique thing. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. All right, hey, listen, I I, uh, I threw out on Twitter earlier on Monday that uh, the three of us would be hosting a show together and that uh, we would take some... <laughs> Some questions, and I got a couple of them that I think are pretty interesting. Uh, Chris tweeted at us, and Chris is a, a Detroit native, fan of the Tigers. And if you're a baseball fan, you know that uh, Miggy Cabrera uh, hit the 3,000 hit uh, plateau last week. And Chris's question is, "Hey, listen, I, I'm a I'm a big Red Red Wings fan. I see Miguel Cabrera getting 3,000 hits. What do you guys think is the NHL's equivalent of 3,000?" Hits And so I should point out that there are a total of 33, like Cabrera became the 33rd player in MLB history to get to 3,000 hits. So it's a pretty exclusive club when you think it's basically 30 guys that have Mm -hmm. done it. So what do we think might be the equivalent in hockey for this? Someone said, I'm, is it? 
1500 is is that too I, that might be too much someone said 500 goals and i'm sorry to whoever whoever said this in the comments or whatever and in the twitter replies i don't know i think the math kind of checks out on 500 500 goals is that not no we don't like that you, you know what it you know what it might be for me and i looked it up 1300 points <laughs> um, because, and I know it's a, it's a oh, random number. 1500 was too much. No, no, but no, because 1500, there's only 14 players that have done that, like right? In hockey history. Exclusive. So it's a little too yeah. exclusive. If you take right. that number down to 1300, which is what Jerome Aginla ended up with, there's mm-hmm. 36 players yeah. that have hit that threshold. So that like, maybe so like that's the 15, the 13 to 1500 is like the ballpark that we're looking at here. Yeah. 1500 is probably too exclusive, but yeah, like Crosby and Ovechkin each have like, 1400 and change. Yeah. Again, had hey, 1300. How many, how many, how many, how many 1000 point scorers are there in uh, NHL history? Second. I'm going to put you guys on the spot. The, no, no, no. I, I have, I have it in front of me. I, I want you to guess how many, what thousand, thousand, points? thousand point guys. Uh, boy, oh boy. Uh, uh 76. I'll say 75. Oh, geez. No. See, look at us. Look at us. You guys are, you guys are on the same wavelength. No, yeah. I'm going to, no, I'm changing my answer then. Oh, sorry. Sorry. No. Mm-hmm. 102. Are we going prices right rules? Because if we are, One. Ian Mendes is the winner. The number is 93. 93. I'm closer, 1, point. I don't like, watch the prices right. 93. It isn't Brian Prop like number 93 on the list. <laughs> Brian Prop is number is, 93. Right, yeah. And uh Spezza Spezza's drag into the finale here. He's got he's got 994. I hope it happens. Jason Spezza's yeah. a Hall of Famer, by the way. Oh. You get no argument from me mm-hmm. on that one. Yeah, that that's what. Yeah, and I think Patrice Bergeron might be closing He'll in on hit it. it. Right? He's uh, a, well, he's like nine seventy six. Nine seventy six. Yeah, there these is. are all these are these are all the active guys. Bergeron's got nine seventy six. Sam Close is nine sixty three. He's gonna get it. The interesting one is Phil. Phil's at nine fifty three. Wait, like guys, if if Phil plays a thousand Phil consecutive games. Does he care yeah. enough yeah. to get I think he thousand does. points? <laughs> thousand straight games. He cares. He cares in his way. He cares about certain things. <laughs> I just I see Phil Kessel as the guy who just like randomly retires one year and you never hear from him again. It's definitely possible. He might. Just, he might honestly maybe just dedicate time. To He's his, just like a UFA, his, and then like to his poker to his like, poker huh. career, baby. Phil's yeah. Phil's gonna be a Phil's gonna be a golfer or whatever, like a pro. A pro card player. Or he'll something. pop. Yeah, he'll like show up on the web.com tour. <laughs> the, <laughs> it's like, wait a second. <laughs> is that what it's is that what it's called now? Is it still called track. the web.com? I think I it's called yeah. something else now. It's something they some other it? random. Yeah, there's another sponsor to it. It's another I don't know. But but I know what you mean. Okay. You you mentioned you think Jason Spetz is a Hall of Famer. Oh, it's mm-hmm. the is, Corn is Phil Fairy Tour. That's really Corn, yeah, there it is. Yeah, Corn Fairy. That's exactly oh, what it man. is. Corn with a K. Um, yeah, I hate uh, that. <laughs> is is Phil Kessel a Hall of Famer for you, for both of you? Because let's say he gets to a thousand straight games played and he becomes the all time Iron Man. He gets a thousand. Let's say he gets to a thousand points. He's got his Stanley Cups. You can argue he should have had a Con Smythe in there. Like, is he a Hall of Famer? First ballot. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. Pittsburgh bias. If, if Phil, all I right, think that if, Phil Kessel's the guy that like. Get like look look at how many people still haven't gotten into the Hall of Fame yet. Like Phil Kessel can't be first ballot. Like Kessel's gonna be the guy that gets in like after like a certain wave of players. No, there's gonna be a Canadian backlog that everybody that everybody needs to take care of first, and Phil's gonna and Phil's gonna pay for that. Daniel Alfredson is still not in the Hall of Fame. You were you were preaching to the choir on this when we did our little Hall we of Fame like, like a- mock. <laughs> Sivy and I go got ahead. into it no, over Rod ahead. Brindamore's Hall of Fame case. And you know Alfred's- what? After I spoke to Rod Brindamore on the phone, I was like, yeah, he should be in the Hall of Fame. Soft, I like that, dude. Soft. That is soft I completely stuff. like, no, Get, I was like, you Haley know gets tricked right. with a friendly, but you know, but Rod Brindamore has Hall of Fame credentials. He does. He does have Hall of Fame credentials. Hey, yeah. let me read, let me read one more uh, uh, tweet that came at us with a question. Oh, and right. this one's from Ozzy who wants to know, have we just witnessed Jack Eichel becoming the new Matt Duchesne? And remember, Duchesne oh. was the guy, he went when he left the Avs, they took off. When he went to Ottawa, they sunk like a stone. He goes to, to Nashville early on, and it wasn't <laughs> good. And now he's obviously bounced back and been good. But he was almost had this kind of great year. Black Widow type of feel to him, like yeah. wherever he went, 
It was bad. Yeah. Is Jack Eichel the new Matt Duchesne? Typhoid, typhoid Mary, Matt yeah. Duchesne. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, God. I don't know. What, do we think the Sabres Who are about that? to pop off? <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, absolutely. Come on. They yes. have been, ever since I heard them blasting Taylor Swift in the locker room, <laughs> they're winsome. They were playing are- fearless. Taylor's version, very loudly. I was sitting in the radio studio, and it was very loud. And ever since, the vibes have been awesome in Buffalo. But I don't know. Tage Thompson scored his 37th goal of the season a couple days ago. Do you know offhand what Jack Eichel's career high for goals is? 34, right? 36. 36. I knew knew, Tage 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 Thompson. Tage Thompson now has... It's amazing. It's amazing. And of course, you know, it's, I should say, it's not, it's not that amazing. Tate Thompson, proud US NDP alumni. Uh, stop that. That's right. Oh, and, and the athletic hockey show bump. <laughs> That's, That's right. Like a thing. That's like a thing that they do. Like they're only having like national team development programs. We did that. No, 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 no. We did that by accident. That happened mm-hmm. a couple times accidentally. And then we, we have now started leaning into it. You guys should yeah. put the Quinn Hughes interview into the Hall of Fame consideration. <laughs> that was all, I wasn't around yeah, for that one. Hear it? That, was all, that was all Craig. Craig like awkwardly interviewed Quinn Hughes for like seven minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Jack Jack set us up. He uh, he he told us like stuff to basically feed. all this stuff like you should ask Quinn and they like asked Quinn and Quinn was like I don't know Quinn Qu- Quinn knows I make sold steak it. I and potatoes. It's <laughs> like really it. funny. You um, should stop listening. Anyways, um, what was the question? Yeah, it was a question. Uh, the question oh. was, is <laughs> is Jack Eichel the new Matt Duchesne? I don't know. <laughs> I think he would be even... I think there's more... <laughs> <laughs> what a great answer. I, I don't know. That's what never... sounded so dejected, too. All yeah. right, see you guys yeah. later. That's <laughs> the end of the show. Um, oh, I think there's more at stake for Jack Eichel than there was for Matt Duchesne. I don't know if he's quite at that point yet, but you look at the at the way things ended in Buffalo and just the sort of <laughs> cloud that's <laughs> followed him for the last for the last few years. He's got more riding on it than Duchesne does, I think, in the court of in the court of in the court of public opinion. If this goes down and if they, as expected, end up not making the playoffs, he is going to take a major, major hit, major hit. Yeah, it's already happened. <clears throat> it's there. People, I mean, are gonna, people are going to blame him for this. And Duchesne didn't have the whole, like, is he, like, bad in the room vibe, did he? They just kind of had the, like, he he can't win. It was never, Everything like, just, yeah. Matt Duchesne is, like, a mean person and okay. people don't, like, he's a locker room. Well, I don't know. The Avalanche didn't seem too disappointed to see him leave, right? Mm. Remember there were some vibes right. around that? But, but yeah. All right. I mean. Well, I mean, I like, know. was he, I mean, you guys, was he liked in Ottawa? It's weird. Like you know what? He I had, wasn't there when he was. He he um he was actually pretty good here. Like he had he was like a point of game guy. He just came at the, at a terrible time when mm-hmm. this franchise was imploding, and he just happened to show up like the worst. I also timing. just I feel like there's just like think with Matthew Shane like there's been like other problems that have happened at the same time within the team that he's on. Yeah. You know, like he's <laughs> what, just bad what, luck. What, what are you talking about? No, he was on some. He was on the that timing on the abs for him was tough. Like they didn't get they didn't get good because Matt Shane left. That was just kind of an unfortunate, unfortunate sort of thing. I think the big variable with Jack, honestly, is like how much of this stuff is going to be attributed to room stuff or character yep. stuff or teammate stuff. Like that's what remains to be seen. Because I don't I don't like he's been he's been. Pr- decent from a from a hockey standpoint right and he's still coming back from the injury and and, and all that stuff that's what the variable is going to be is if because with with Duchesne it always felt like bad luck more than anything else whereas if this we're on track for Eichel getting blamed for be, mm-hmm. for better or worse like right like, like isn't like, he already people are already asking the question online totally well it, just like this question just like this question mm-hmm. we got from Ozzy yeah thanks Ozzy yeah Sorry, I had a didn't have a better answer for you. <laughs> <laughs> How about this? We're 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 at the point now where Jack where they are going to need to win a Stanley Cup to write the ship for for the narrative on on, on Jack Eichel's career. Like that's what's going to need to happen. Oof, and if it's yeah. and, and if it's and if it's anything short of that for the next five years or whatever, that is the rep for better or worse that Jack's going to have. That he that's you know, fair. That the black cloud followed him from Buffalo to. 
and where everything is sunshine and rainbows and everybody loves Donnie meatballs and blah, blah, that like the dark cloud followed him to, to Vegas. He needs to win one or, el- or else that's what that's what that's what the epigraph is going to be. Did yeah. me bumping my elbow <laughs> just get picked up on the mic? Pro- probably. That's yeah. really funny. Chris, leave it in. Leave it in. Leave it in. Hey, <laughs> let's let's uh, let's wrap this show up, shall we? Uh, with a little segment we like to call on the Monday show, Multiple Choice Madness. Here, oh. I got I got two questions for the panel here. And on Sunday night, Evgeny Kuznetsov came strolling in for a shootout attempt. And as he's doing it, he twirls his stick mid-attempt. Uh, mid like, I've never seen this before. And he ends up scoring, but it certainly generated some chatter on social media. I want to know, how do we feel about Evgeny Kuznetsov's Mid shootout attempt stick twirl. A, I love it. Shows some some flair, some confidence. B, I hate it. It's needless showboating. Or C, and this is important. I'm totally indifferent because you know what? Sometimes I think in hockey and in sports, we're like either you you have to pick a side. And you know what? It gets exhausting. So if you're like, you know what? I don't care. I'm cool with that. Gentilly, if Evgeny Kuznetsov, do you like it? Thumbs up or thumbs down to that? A, I like it. I like it. Maybe not f- quite for the reasons that you outlined, though. Like, I, I think it's, I have no problem with it. If you want to stop it, then stop it, right? That's my stock answer for, for all this sort of stuff. But a big part of the reason I like it is if he would have missed. <laughs> I like, I, I, <laughs> I like guys trying this stuff because of the disaster potential. Like, go ahead, do whatever you want. Twirl, twirl your stick, you know, just keep the puck moving, blah, blah, blah. But part of the reason I like it is because it, is because it could, it could blow, it could have blown up in his face, right? Keep trying this sort of stuff because I it's a it's a win win for us. Either we see someone pull off something cool, or they do something <laughs> catastrophic, and we can spend an entire day making fun of them. Like I'm I'm in. Go for it, Haley. I don't really care. I feel like we spend too much time talking about things that like should be super cool, but it's like well, I can't. I would prefer that to just I don't know whatever. It should just be normal. I feel like I'm indifferent to stuff like that. It's like okay, that happened. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Okay. One other question to sneak in before we uh, wrap up the pod. Uh, For the first time ever, uh, I believe all eight playoff teams in the Eastern Conference have hit the 100-point mark, meaning, you know what, they're all pretty much, uh, you know, lock it in playoff teams. They're they're, they're juggernauts, powerhouses. Here's my question, though. If you have to pick one team from the Eastern Conference that you think might miss the playoffs next season, who would it be? A, Boston. B, Pittsburgh. C Washington or D somebody else. Let's get let's get let Haley go first on this one. Penguins, Bruins, Capitals, or somebody else. You have to pick somebody who might miss like the playoffs. I don't like this because I don't year. know what's going to happen in the off season. Oh, that's part of the fun. That's exactly project. Should I just say Washington because everyone keeps saying that their windows can close? I'm going to say Wash. Oh, man, this is so hard. I was going to like just. Be like, it's going to be Washington because they're the eighth seed. But like the difference between the eighth seed and the four seed is eight points. <laughs> yeah. And the difference between uh, the eighth seed and the ninth seed is 20, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> None of the above. Um, I don't know. I just feel like Washington's the team that everyone is like waiting to drop off. But I also like, I don't know what the Bruins are going to look like next season. Like Bergeron's a UFA. Is he going to stay? What's gonna ha- are they gonna end up trading um Jake DeBrusque in the offseason? Who's gonna be their guy that they officially pick in net? Like the, I've mm-hmm. I think I have questions about the Bruins. I don't know if I'm like confident saying they're gonna miss the playoffs, but everyone keeps saying Washington's gonna their window's gonna shut and they're gonna be bad and they keep not doing it. Same with the Penguins. So maybe I'll go. I don't know if it's off board to say Boston. It's probably stupid to say Boston, but I don't know. I'll, I'll no, let's go. With a, either Bru- I'll go with maybe the Bruins. That's my like off the board pick instead of yeah. going with the the old aging core teams that everyone keeps picking every year. Yeah, it's a boring picking. Picking the Penguins or Caps is boring, but I know. So I'm gonna be spicy but, and say Boston, even though it's probably not gonna happen. But it's the Penguins. It's the Penguins. That division is tough. If Genny Malkin's a UFA, Chris Letang's a UFA. Brian Russ is a UFA. You think all those guys are going to leave? I think it's very possible that two of the three do. And if that happens. Yeah, then it's probably the Penguins. 
I don't like the way things are shaping up for for it for that team. Because at season. best, you're getting a lateral move to replace like yeah. Brian Rust, Crystal Tang. Like you don't improve on those losses. If you think at best, you make a lateral move mm-hmm. to replace Brian Rust. And because you, I mean, really, you have to. If you think that the Penguins, I, it all comes down to the Metro Division, honestly. Like, if you think that the Islanders could maybe come back, and by the way, Ilya Sorokin, got, Haley, really Haley, Haley, we talked about this when you were doing the Power Rings last week, right? Like, unbelievable, like low People key. People are talking about what he's doing this season. It's because it's because yeah. it, it's, it's unbelievable it's, year that that team the is Islanders that team is got worse junk. and he got better. <laughs> right, <laughs> that team's that team is that team was screwed from the jump because they dealt with COVID stuff before yeah. before everybody was they. Their COVID issues came too early, and they had to play through them. They had a crazy, uh, ske- crazy season starting schedule where they were on the road for all of it. Like there was all sorts of crap that was going wrong for them early on, and they never dug out of it. They've been 15, 20 points out of the playoffs. I feel like since you know American Thanksgiving, right? So they stink. But that just that caused people to sort of discount the kind of season that Sorokin's had, right? Mm-hmm. So if if you think they're capable of bouncing back, and you and you look at Washington, and even though they're not great, like that co- the the core is still they don't have like some crazy UFA season UFA um situation coming up like Pittsburgh does um yeah i think i think stuff could get hanky for for, for Pittsburgh yeah. by, by, by the time we're doing this again the divisions do yeah. play like a big role in it cuz who's realistic yeah boston was like look at the pacific stupid. division right who it's is gonna, totally who's going to well who, in the atlantic like who's going to pop up and kick Boston out of the playoffs. Buffalo is 30 points back of them. Detroit is 32 points back. The Senators in Montreal, like who is going to improve to the point where they're giving the Boston Bruins a run for their money for the four seed in the Atlantic division. Right. Like even if, even if you take a 20 Dang point, it. even if you take a 20 point <laughs> leap forward, that requires Boston to take a 15 point step backwards. Yeah. Right. Like it's, yeah. I don't think the Senators are a year away from making the playoffs. I'm sorry, no. I don't. No, Not unless they have a better offseason than they've had in the last couple of years. Yeah. You can't keep just getting... <laughs> Sabres, baby. Wild card number two. There it's you happening. go. There Here. we go. All right, hey, listen, we'll, we'll leave it there, but why don't we give you the opportunity, Sean, to mm-hmm. tell our listeners on the Monday show exactly what's coming up on the Tuesday edition of the Athletic <laughs> Hockey Show. I could read Make you it quick. I could read you a word for word breakdown of it because we already recorded it. We recorded there we go. The, we recorded the Tuesday show before the Monday show. Uh I don't know. Me and Craig talked about all sorts of all sorts of nonsense Dude, as we as we said the video. The it well don't I mean, what do you think I'm I'm getting to it? My God. I'm not a building, broadcast building. Not a broadcast professional like you two are, for the love of God. It's Troy Terry. He was great. We talked oh, to him for love it. 20, 22 minutes. That. Oh boy! What, I, again, like I said, I'm just a I'm a humble I'm a humble internet internet boy. Like I I don't, I don't know I don't know what I'm talking about when it comes to setting up things and what have you. <laughs> Troy Terry was awesome. Um, we talked to him about we talked to him about Getzlaff. We talked to him about about Zegers. Just sort of talked to him about uh, you know uh, he was one of the funniest things he said, and, and he kind of reiterated this. And he, he had said it before: is like he was getting tired of being everybody's breakout pick. Right. We're on like year where this was like year three of people being like, better watch out for Troy Terry. He's, he's a breakout candidate. And it finally happened. You know, he was kind of he's kind of inching towards 40 goals here and he's been great. So, yeah, he, he was a he was a blast to talk to. Whatever me and yeah. Craig talked about is irrelevant. And, and and did you did you mention Jay Beagle's name or no? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, we did. We okay. mentioned. Yeah, oh, we, oh my God! You I did you see. mention that I got harassed online to defend his honor? Yeah, I did. That was the first thing I said. I said, <laughs> so you know, my colleague took a my major, colleague. major hit for you. Yes. Um. <laughs> no, he was great. He oh, was great. I'll, I'll, wait, hold on a second. Hold on. Hold on. No, I'll leave, I'll leave, I'll leave that. I, I won't go in. I won't go into what he said specifically about Beagle or Tyson Nash, but we got him rolling on that, and he was really good. Okay, awesome. I have All one right, thing to say. Okay. I don't know if you saw this, Ian, friend of both of our shows, Bobby Ryan. Yes. Um, they the Anaheim Ducks had this like awesome graphic because Trevor Zegers passed Bobby Ryan for the best yes. single, like the best rookie season. The graphic they posted was unreal. Like the Ducks do their social team, like that they do okay. such like cool stuff. Like the freaking monkey. Mm-hmm. Hello. 
Um, oh, you and the monkey. You're still on that monkey, the puck drop. Oh, my God. That monkey puck drop was the greatest thing I've ever seen. They also had um, cute bucket hats the day that the flames were in town. Very cute bucket hats. I'm Congratu- going to wear that. Congratulations. Hat. Way to I'm go. I'm going to wear that bucket yeah. hat all summer. I'm not even ashamed that I like got one of the free things at a game that was I was it, covering because it was so was it cute. Rever- was it reversible? Uh, orange Wait, and black. Aren't all... Bucket are all aren't all no, bucket hats Ian. technically reversible? No. Or no? No, 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 okay. no, no. I thought I thought no. maybe they were. Um, the orange side with the little original ducks logo on it is so cute. I'm gonna wear it all summer. Anyways, the point I was making is there's a graphic that they put up with like rookie Bobby Ryan like looking back like he's talking to Trevor Zegris and Zegris. I don't know. It was really cool. Anyways, congrats to Trevor Zegris. Nice and all friend right. of the show Bobby Ryan. Very cool. Anyways, love it. Bucket hat season is coming up, folks. Not for not for me. My head is <laughs> my head is too big for bucket hats, and I love I love bucket hats because <laughs> they can like hide your face, so I, I can just vibe. And, and no is one it can. a one? It's a one size fits like these promotional giveaways. It's yeah, a one size fits all deal, right? Yeah, and There's I not, have like no. the perfectly sized and shaped head for free so, hats. But <laughs> Gentilly, you're out. On, if they're way ever doing out. way out, you're out. You're out if they're doing I promotional giveaways. Dude, that thing would sit on my head like a bottle cap. That's not happening. <laughs> ah, I love it. Oh, okay, listen, you gang, know. we're gonna we're gonna leave it there. And we want to again remind everybody tune in to the Tuesday edition of the Athletic Hockey Show with Custis and Gentilly. As uh, Sean just mentioned, Troy Terry going to join the show. Sounds like a great conversation. Uh, we thank everybody for listening to this uh, Monday edition of the show. Subscribe to the uh, Athletic Audio Plus on Apple Podcasts. Get all of our bonus content from our entire network. You'll start with a 30-day free trial, and then it's just 99 cents a month after that. Right now, we got a great deal for you. Uh, you can subscribe to The Athletic for $1 a month for six months when you visit oh theathletic.com slash hockey show.